Anna, and welcome to the It's Going to Be Good podcast, where Jill and I talk about how to build your accounting firm in a way that's healthy and is sustainable so that you can focus on doing meaningful work with exceptional people. And today, we are going to be talking about how to make sure that you are not crying in a bathtub or wanting <laughs> to flip the table at the end of busy season. Uh, and I think this topic came about because um, most other bookkeeping firm owners I know are either crying in a bathtub or wanting to just not even anymore at the end of, uh, <laughs> of January in particular uh, or whatever their busy season is. But definitely for monthly accounting firms, that tends to be uh, January or February, which has now been referred to as January light. Uh, when January just bleeds into February. But here we are. We took a bit of a break because uh, it was January. And so we were doing all of that. Um, but we thought that coming back would be good to kind of talk about what January looks like for us, what it looked like pre-Jill, what it's looked like post-Jill, uh, and and some of the things that we're doing and, and mindsets that we're tackling to make sure that every January is better than the last January, the next one will be better than this one, and just kind of keep moving forward. So um, pre-Jill, our January was everyone doing their best and me doing a lot and everyone doing a lot and kind of everyone running at every fire everywhere. And one of the biggest things uh, that Jill brought to the table uh, as along with her winning personality is <laughs> her process mind. <laughs> and so Jill, um, if you want to share a little bit about kind of what, like what we talked about as we were getting ready for that first year end January, uh, especially because it was 2020 year end January, which was weird anyway. Yeah. So like some of the stuff that we did at that first phase of please help me, Jill. Yeah. Well, when I came in, it was just after January. And so it, we were right around this time of year when we start working together. And I had only really ever heard that January is a garbage fire. And yes. so when when that was the case, in my mind, priming for that garbage fire was the best option. And so one of the things that uh, I think you were already doing, but that we wanted to do better or more clearly, especially since we knew we were going to be growing the team that year, was to just prime everyone for year end being hard. It's it's a lot of work. And if you're new here or if you're new to bookkeeping in general, it's going to be incredibly jarring. So we can front load you about that. Like, let's do that. So we primed the team a lot about how tough it was going to be. We made some templates that we hoped would make it easier. We added some steps to the review process, but we still really only had one person responsible for reviewing that at that point, um, which in hindsight is a lot of work for one person to own entirely. Um, and we still had the team kind of fighting fires. And so a lot of, a lot of what the year end looked like the first year was kind of, all right, so this is going to be a lot. It's going to be really hard. What steps, what structure, what process do we need to add to make that clear and functional? Because the idea of it being easier just wasn't a thing, I think, at that point. Mm -hmm. um, the easier was the clearer. And so year one, we did a lot of 
uh, clarity providing about what would be expected, about what people could expect from us. And so we added some some practical things, like we sent out an email that said, like, here's what you can expect from us in your end. We told the team, you know, here's the schedule for your end. We kind of clarified what people would be responsible for and at what point created some structure around deadlines. But really, I think that first year was about, yeah, just adding that clarity. But I think after that first year, we pretty quickly realized that there was a considerably larger issue to tackle. And that was just the overall mindset around January. And so with the, after that first year, we did an after action review, which was really helpful in kind of looking at what work we put in, asking ourselves if it was worth it, and then asking ourselves if we should do that again next year. And so a lot of the problems that we run into required a mindset shift. And I think that's kind of takes us to to a lot of what we do today. So there's some examples there, there's some information there, but really the problems that we were coming up against are things that we are still resolving, still tackling, yes. because they're not things that just go away when you solve them once. So um, yeah, one of the one of the biggest problems that I realized pretty quickly after that first year of how we did things was we were framing things as January is going to stink. It's going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. It's just how it goes. And that priming really didn't end up being helpful because even if it wasn't more for someone, let's say we had someone in a training role and they weren't really doing a lot more it still felt like more and that's not helpful because it either is or isn't more feeling like it's more and it not being more isn't helpful and feeling like it's more and it being more isn't better than, you know, other options. Right. So, well, and being told something is going to suck means, or, you know, it's going to be pretty unenjoyable or it's going to be miserable means you're already predisposed to see that you're already mm -hmm. looking for that and expecting that. And so I think that was the first idea that we needed to challenge was, does it have to be miserable? Like yeah. we know that it's going to be extra. We know that in January, mm -hmm. there is going to be more, there are going to be clients who ask questions that they didn't think about all year because now they're thinking about their finances, not in terms of monthly management, but in terms of, am I ready for taxes? And so, yes, we know, and we're closing out the year and we're asking questions that maybe we didn't ask all year because we just want to make sure everything is shored up and ready to go for tax time. So we know that it is going to be more, but does it have 100%. to be? miserable. And so yes, just a good question. <laughs> asking the question, I think, changed some of the way that we started to think about it going, okay, what are the things about January that make it miserable? And is there something that we could do differently that would make it less miserable or even not at all miserable? And also is the first problem <laughs> that we are framing it that it's going to be miserable. And so all we're looking yeah. for in January is all of the ways that it brings misery. And then you get to the end of January and you go, whew, good thing that's over. Not going to think about that again for a year. And that's also part of the problem is that then if you don't stop and go, okay, was it miserable? 
what about it made it miserable? Could we do something to make that less or different or change the way we're approaching things? And that even just that question, I think changed some of the way that we started approaching it. Um, Because how you feel about something isn't necessarily reality, but it definitely shapes how you perceive it. And so front-loading team members that is going to be miserable isn't that helpful. No. Well, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy to some extent because you know that's what you're expecting. You can see other people experiencing that and then you yourself assume that that's also your experience and then it just is. It's it's a really tricky like kind of cycle to continue on in. Or if it's not, then you have that like survivor guilt (laughs) that you're the only one who's not miserable in January where everyone else is. And so you feel really bad about how everyone else is suffering and you're fine because maybe your role is like a different kind of support or ops or or in, in some other department that isn't you know, martyring themselves to get January done. So it's it's pretty unhelpful regardless of whether or not it's miserable for you because now we're telling you it should be. So you either see that it is or you feel that bad that yeah. it's not because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. So it's just pretty unhelpful all around. So I think asking the question of, is how we expect things to be the way that it ought to be is one of the most helpful things that I think we constantly do that keeps that agility, that that keeps us questioning even just some of our own thoughts and mm-hmm. ideas. Like, is this the best idea? And January is going to be miserable is no. not the best idea. So no, that should not it win. should lose for sure. <laughs> well, one of the other things that we run into at year end that becomes an inevitable problem is that clients just are are not ready for the questions we have, for the needs we have, even though this is the same thing every year. Like it's the same idea. It's not exactly the same every year, but it's the same idea. We're collecting all of the statements. We're collecting all of the information. We need all of those loops to be tied. So if you got a loan this year, we're going to need a statement about that. So it feels very straightforward when you're the one responsible for it. But the reality is on the other end of that uh, coin, those those clients are not thinking in this way. They are thinking, oh no, April's coming. That means taxes. What does that mean again? I've been busy running my business. I don't remember what you need from me. Right. And so there's this idea that like you should know better on our end and on their end, it's like, can't you just tell me what you need? <laughs> and can't you just give me a little bit more time to get it to you than the very last minute? And so it's it's hard to wrap stuff up when, when you're waiting on clients, when you're asking for things like last minute. And so you have a couple options in that scenario. You can either be the hero that swoops in and saves the day for this client so that they can pay their taxes on time, but you're going to work nights and weekends and all the time to make sure that that happens so that you can be the hero and they can win, which is cool in theory until you have to do that for a hundred clients. And then it's not that cool. Another option is we can just let the client's linger and have those things not get completed and not take any ownership in following up on that stuff. But we run the risk of becoming the villain in that scenario, which is that, you know, if we've not gotten everything to them in time and we're asking them to jump last minute or they're, you know, 
I don't know, feeling like they're waiting on us, that makes us the villain in that scenario. And that's also not helpful because we should be partnering with them. So the reality is that we've had to change our our mentality about like, what is our responsibility versus the clients? What is our fault versus the clients? And how can we make sure that we are aligned in the goal we're trying to accomplish, which is that you have accurate and, and precise financials for you to one, file taxes, because that's the immediate need. And two, for you to run your business effectively and make strategic business decisions ongoing. So it, with those goals in mind, we should be guiding you as to what we need, but it's really your responsibility to get that to us. And that's how we partner with our clients. But before that point, it feels like it's on us to make this work if you're not doing your part. But our part is to tell you what your part is. And that is so different than doing it for you, than taking the ownership of, of making sure that you did all your parts. That's not our job. Our job is to make sure that you know what parts you need to do. And I think our part is to clarify, here's our part and here's your part and here's what we're going to do and here's what you can expect from us and here's what we need from you and here's why it matters. And I think one of the other dots to connect that isn't as obvious is why it matters. We know why we need what we need. We know why it matters. But, you know, it's January. Everyone's coming off of the holidays. People are trying to get back into the groove of running their company again after maybe taking a little bit of time off. And so our needs being met are not top of mind for our clients. And that shouldn't build resentment that they should know better. And it shouldn't build frustration that they're not getting us what we need. Our role should always be about here's how we can make it easy for each of us to do our part. And the way we make it easy is by making it super clear, is by asking for what we need way ahead of time so we're giving you plenty of time, is by being really clear in what we're asking for so that you know what to do, and maybe even asking for it a couple of different ways. Like, you know, we we tend to say things like year-end loan statements and, and and, you know, clients don't think about it in those terms. It's like the December one. Or even just what the balance is, (laughs) like just something that gives us the thing we need. And so even just thinking a little bit about what do we actually need? What is the actual goal we're trying to accomplish? And how could we help our clients get there with us so that at the end of the day, we're doing it together and no one is the hero and no one is the villain. No one's swooping in to save the day. No one's a victim that it's happening to like we're just on the same team, same side of the table. Our goal is your goal, which is you have good financials, ready for taxes, understanding how last year was, like ready to move forward into the coming year. So I think it's that that tendency towards either, well, they should know, or like frustration that they're not mm. already doing it. And so just being able to balance, here's what our part is our parts to be clear and our part is to guide and it's your part to give us the things we need. And I just want to do what I can in that and release what I can't without getting frustrated and, and resentful of our clients. So I think we did a lot of work in clarifying and, and making our communication really effective. And I think that tends to not be a huge focus 
uh, for accountants in general, uh, because we know mm-hmm. what we mean. So <laughs> we assume that we're yeah. super clear when we're asking for it. So even just something as simple as filter this past someone who's a mm-hmm. non-accountant and see if they mm-hmm. know what you're asking for. You know, there's some really easy kinds of things that you can do to just make sure when you're asking for what you need that, you know, they, they're picking up what you're putting down so that you, you can both. Yeah. The point of communication is for someone else to understand you, not for you to understand you. You already know what you mean. Someone else needs to know what you mean in that, which I think is really helpful in understanding why you would even want to get someone else's input on an email or a message or something like that too. Yes. Yeah. The goal is that they get it. Not not that you get it. We're going to assume you get it because yeah. you wrote the message. <laughs> so I think that, yeah. that's right. I think the other frustration that comes in is, okay, so say you've been super clear. So say you've you've asked for everything that you need. Sometimes like it still feels like all of the work happens to us in January that, you know, that clients come out of the woodwork to ask questions because they're paying attention or they, they realize that it's the end of the year and they want you to change a billion things in their books that they could have maybe told you any other time, but the end of the year when you're already doing extra. And so I, it is easy to feel like January is happening to you. Like it's all just a bunch of fires all at the same time that all need to be put out. And so I think that's also a big piece of the work that we did in prior years was just literally mapping out what needs to get done in January by who and Mm -hmm. when. And, and then sharing that with our team. I think that being so, so simple, so obvious <laughs> when you say it, um, for this year, I, and actually I think in the last couple of years, um, we've reviewed the, the calendar every year, made sure that that was still the same, made, made changes almost every year. And then every year at the end of that, I'll make a loom video and just kind of give everyone a high level view of like what's happening and when, but also just the reminder that we have a plan. And I think that is the absolute like best way to tackle the everything is happening to you feeling and reality, because uh, those mm-hmm. can both be true, is making a plan. And so even just sharing with the team, we've got a plan. We've got this mapped out. We know who needs to do what and when. You all know what is and isn't your responsibility so that then when things come up, you have that framework to say, is this me? Does this need to be done? Does this need to be done now? You know, you have that guide to be able to weigh some of these wastebasket to all the way up to dumpster fires against, because if you don't have a plan, the immediate assumption is you must do everything everyone asks for when they ask for it immediately, mm-hmm. all the things. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And I think most of the other firm owners I know are very kind people and they genuinely care about their clients. And so it becomes really challenging to create a boundary of that's not something we can do or that's not something we can do now when your Mm -hmm. bend is to want to help. 
I think that that goes into all kinds of different areas like scope creep and, and taking on bad clients. I mean, there are so many applications for just that idea. It might be its own yeah, podcast, but it is. Um, <laughs> I, I think if for sure. But I think that if you have nothing else to weigh that against, your compulsion will be to say yes because you want to help mm-hmm. your clients. But if you have a plan to weigh that against, then you have a clear direction of, well, this is what we're focused on. We could do this later, or we can't do this at all, or you know, all of those kinds of things that there's no like thing to weigh it against unless you have a, a plan. Well, and one of the things that I will say uh, to add on to that is I think, you know, it feels very much like they're, you got to take the clients while they're biting, you know, like you, you got to, you got to make hay while the sun shines. That's the one. <laughs> That's the metaphor <laughs> I was going for probably. Don't know that one, but yes, that one. <laughs> Um, But with that in mind, you know, one of the most strategic things that we did in that plan is decide, yeah, like onboarding new clients isn't functional. So you can sign up for our services in December or January, as long as you know, we're not starting till February at the earliest. And so we set really clear expectations with incoming clients who are panicked at year end of, oh no, taxes are coming up. I'm going to have to do this better get started now. That has historically felt like something we must jump to accommodate or say no altogether. And we've kind of shifted that to in the plan that doesn't fit in these two months, but that's not a no. And that's not a yes. It's a not right now, but we can put a date on the calendar to get this rolling in the next couple months. And if that doesn't work for you, that's okay too. But we're only offering what we can do, which means that if we decide to work together, we won't resent you. Mm-hmm. Because we won't be working nights and weekends in January because you waited until January to realize that you needed to do your accounting for the entire year. And that's okay. Like that that happens at times, totally. you know, like newer business owners, I feel like that happens a lot where you're mm-hmm. trying to run all the things and then you realize at the end of the year, oh shoot, we probably should have had some accounting in place. <laughs> so that that happens for sure. But you get to decide how you engage and when you engage so that when you decide to do that, you're not like feeling like you're being taken advantage of. You're not feeling like, you know, if you had just like, and that client knows what to expect because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like they want their needs met. So if you can say, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do, then they can decide like that works for me. That doesn't work for me. And then everyone's opting in. No Mm -hmm. one's doing it like because they feel like they were, you know, tricked into it or they had to or like we're all making the choices. So Mm -hmm. I think that that choice in particular was was definitely an important one to not overwhelm our team Mm -hmm. in trying to figure out a new client while we're while we already know it is extra for all of the clients who chose to engage us in services for the whole year, who decided to be good fit clients a year ago versus trying to, you know, balance serving all of our clients well with jumping to meet someone's needs who didn't realize it was a need until the last minute. So yeah, I definitely think that one 
was a really helpful decision <laughs> for us. Yeah. Yeah. And and not just jumping to do things because someone asked. Like all of a sudden you need this new thing doesn't mean that that's a yes today. We can evaluate that if we have a plan against how much capacity we have. Without a plan, you're saying yes or no kind of arbitrarily. But with a plan in place, you get to say yes strategically and you get to say no intentionally. And and there are choices on the other end of both of those yeses and nos for someone else to make, but you know that you've agreed to things that you actually agree to, and you know that you haven't said yes to stuff that you can't actually deliver on. And that feels really good when you already are in a season where you're doing more. Yes, I think that's exactly right. Well, the other thing about having a plan that I I didn't realize was uh such a benefit until I saw it is uh, watching one of our other team members encouraging their, you know, their team, their crew that we have a plan. Hmm. Like, so when you as leaders create what things are going to look like, when you create a vision of what January could look like, then you empower your team to encourage one another that no one is in this alone we're all working together and the people that are responsible for leading us took the time and effort to map out what this would look like for us. So we don't have to figure that out. We just have to execute on it. And that brings people along in a way that I know my own tendency is just everyone let's go this way. And then I look back and like, it's just me. running on so excited um and i'm and- i'm jogging behind going hey i think we might need a little bit more going on here if we're going to get them coming with us uh yeah like that hey hold uh- up anna <laughs> slow down lady uh back here did you see that you left everyone uh behind you that's not that helpful uh so i think that the- this is something we talk about a lot which is slowing down to go fast and it seems like the kind of thing, like, I, I'm sure if I was listening to this four years ago, I would have been like, yeah, sounds great. But when? Mm-hmm. Like, when would I possibly make a plan? Um, and the answer to that is not in January. So <laughs> you cannot yeah. make a plan for January in January. Um, so I think... Some of the real like, you know, nitty gritty takeaways. So beyond just kind of some of the ideas that we're sharing, I think like really actionable, like what could you really do with any of this? I think are starting with like before you even really start mapping out a plan, I think just checking in with your team on, okay, we're out of January. It's actually past February. So everyone take a breath. Okay. Now. What worked well in January? What did we do that that was really effective? What did we do that we should keep doing? And then what didn't work well? Like what 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 are some things that we might want to think about doing differently so that next January is not a dumpster fire? It's maybe just a wastebasket fire. And then we could keep moving on to like a, a smaller and smaller, maybe not a fire at all. That's a, that's a dream. Um, so I think just starting with like getting some input from your team. And, and I think that has been one of the most effective things that we've done in this. Because what I think didn't work well in January isn't always what 
someone who's in the weeds doing the day-to-day work didn't think worked well in January. Or what I thought was awesome might have actually been miserable for them. Mm, And so really getting some input from different perspectives, from different elevations in the company, from people who are in the day-to-day, from people who are overseeing the day-to-day, from you at, at a higher level, and seeing, you know, from all of these different perspectives, what should January look like and and what things do we maybe want to stop doing because we don't want it to look like that? Yeah. And I think we have a tendency to ask that in one way, but I think that like identifying the problems to solve is one of the things that we tend to like skip over. And so when we do that, I want to ask it in different ways. Like at what point in the month was it most painful at your position? Like for you personally, but also like for that position type, what did we hear was kind of the worst part of the month? Was it at the very end? Was it right in the middle? What kinds of tasks felt unnecessary? What did we do that was felt like a waste of time. Was there anything that you saw that we did that we could have done back in December before January even started? Like asking it in different ways, I think helps you uncover more of the problems because that will inform how you create your plan. So the more problems you come up with, the better. I know that sounds terrible, but like it's really helpful to know what people would like improved so that when you go to make a plan, you can target your improvements in that area instead of fixing stuff that's already working just fine. Yes. I think the other thing before you even start on this quest is to start with asking yourself, if I get this input from my team, how will I respond to that? Will I take this personally if someone Mm -hmm. said something didn't work well? Will I assume that this is a critique of me as a leader if someone says something didn't work well? Will I engage in blame if someone is going and talking about how the client made things hard for them? Will I just help and pile that on? Or will I approach this with curiosity? Will I approach this with humility, knowing that I'm not perfect? No one else is. We all have more to learn. And that's the whole point of why we're asking is because this is an opportunity for us to figure out how to do it better, which will involve some amount of having to acknowledge how you maybe didn't do it as awesome as you maybe could have. Um, And that was one of the pieces of input that I got for this year is like, hey, that some of that stuff was really great, but it would have been nice to have it a little sooner. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, dang it. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) You're totally right. And that's very upsetting because I should have already done it. Yes. I wish I was better already. But in in absence of that, okay. So getting that input, I'm not going to shame that person for giving it to me. I'm not going to try to defend myself as to why I didn't get it to them sooner. I'm just going to take the input and ask questions to understand. And I have to check my go at the door because it's not going to get to effective problem solving if I see everything in this as a commentary on how effective I am in my role. Um, So that's just for me. (laughs) Well, and I will add to that. I struggle with. 
I think that's so normal to have to overcome. But one of the best ways to overcome that is not just knowing at the beginning that you're going to evaluate how that was for you and what areas you know you want to work on. And then you're going to bring the team in, not just to identify the problems, but to help you solve them. Because weigh in by your team will get buy-in from your team. So them weighing in on the solutions will make absolutely all the difference for them implementing them next January. And it will make you feel less alone. And if you have people who are identifying problems and participating in solving those problems, it will be a much more effective and holistic solution in the long run. And it will be less about you because you brought other people in and other voices in to more than one part of that. But it is important to identify those problems it is just as important to identify the people who can help you solve those problems because they're probably an indicator of stuff that either isn't in your wheelhouse or isn't something you enjoy. And so being able to kind of look at those problems and say, all right, who is the best person to solve this? Because if I made it originally, I know I'm not going to be good at unengineering it because I will over-engineer from the beginning all the time. <laughs> so if if it needs to get unengineered, if it needs to get simplified, who's the best person to do that? Because I know I'm part of the problem, but that doesn't mean I need to stay there. And it doesn't mean that I need to now just be a different person. I can be part of solving it by finding the right person to solve it. And that feels freeing as a leader to not be alone in that and to not feel like all of those issues that are getting raised are about you and now you have to go change entirely as a human. Yes. I well and I think also just the immediate assumption that I used to make always is when someone brings a problem then it is my responsibility to solve it. Like yes. so if I'm asking these questions I'm saying what do I need to fix? And yeah. the answer is what do we need to fix? Mm-hmm. Like, and that is how you actually bring your team along with you instead of just sprinting ahead and then looking over your shoulder and no one's following you. <laughs> it's, it's not assuming that when someone raises a problem, it is being tossed on your lap for you to solve. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's just responding with, you know, like, what can we do? And inviting the team in to like figure out who could best, and maybe that'll be you deciding who would be best. You know, there's some balance of that between, you know, offering opportunity versus delegating responsibility so that there's, there's always going to be a blend there, but the immediate assumption that is your responsibility to solve every problem will not is another mindset shift that must happen before you can engage in this really effectively, because that will also help you not approach that conversation as a critique of you, because you're assuming that it is now your responsibility to fix everything that they raise. It is, Mm -hmm. it is our responsibility to move some of these things forward. So it's better for everyone. So then Mm -hmm. everyone should be some kind of active participant in contributing to making it better. Um, So I think bringing in your team, involving them and engaging them in how to make things better 
if literally nothing else, just giving them some space to share how it impacted them, how it was for them, letting them feel seen and heard and like Mm -hmm. their experience matters to you will go such Mm -hmm. a long way to building rapport and trust and that kind of collaboration that, you know, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have a time of year that's extra challenging, but you're not in it alone. And we care about you and your experience. And we care about what you can bring to the table so that you can help make us better for you and for team members who don't even work here yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that like caring with contribution, I think it's both of those things. It's, you know, who doesn't want to be known and seen and then also able to contribute in a meaningful way. So I would say like action from here, if if you have never done this before, just stumble through an awkward, <laughs> probably not that smooth, probably, I don't know, I'm doing my best here, but I feel like I should check in on this <laughs> and you will get better at it. You'll get the reps in. I think our after action reviews this year were much more effective and we, we did a lot more of them with different team members and their own experiences. And then we, we decided to revisit all of this in the summer. So mm-hmm. give a little more space between January and, you know, and when we're really going to decide on some action and then plan maybe six months in advance, what things we could be working on to set up next January to be even better than this January. So I just want to make sure that the takeaway from this, the thing I tell myself all the time and hopefully is helpful for you too, is that this is your firm and you get to choose. And if the choices that you make leave you crying in a bathtub at the end of busy season, at the end of January, we encourage you to choose a different adventure. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll keep tuning in as we continue to share how we're building a firm worth building. It's going to be good.